So, Dale, I don't know how much you know about therapy, but it usually starts by you telling me a little something about yourself. I thought there'd be couches and Kleenex and shit. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. Do you want to talk about some of those feelings? I love you. Obviously, you don't know me. So how's this supposed to work? You sit, I sit, we talk. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam. And I'm Dr. Fran. Welcome to Freudian Scripts, the podcast where you put your favorite TV shows and movies on the hypothetical couch to take a deeper dive into the way psychology is portrayed. We analyze the way therapy looks in entertainment, discuss the way psychological diagnoses are portrayed, and break down other psychological themes seen on our screens. As a reminder, Freudian Scripts is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your mental health professional with any questions and seek care if needed. The content and clips in today's episode may contain explicit language and mature and adult themes. Welcome to this week's Real Round session. To give some context and just remind listeners, Medical Rounds are a series of professional meetings with hospital patients, um, which are made with doctors, nurses, and other members of the healthcare team. Usually, these teams kind of get together and they go from patient to patient just discussing various topics. So for these mini-sessions, we round, quote-unquote, since you cannot see me, on a specific topic, discussing clips and sharing information related to those topics. And today, we will be rounding on the topic of gossip. Yes, we have some exciting clips, um, and I think we're going to be um, presenting these clips from two shows that are pretty popular um, and I think fun. So I'm excited to talk about this very different and unique topic. Yeah, I agree. And as a heads up, you do not have to have necessarily watched these shows. And I don't think we'll be sharing too many spoilers. Um, so yeah. we will we will give a spoiler alert. But that's kind of nice about these real rounds is that you don't have to have watched the show before. And we also won't be completely spoiling it for you if you haven't watched it yet. No. And I think as you'll see, I mean, the topic is gossip. <laughs> and both of these shows can be spoiled. So we definitely will not be crossing any of those boundaries. And you can still listen and enjoy. <laughs> so let's start by just talking about like, what do we mean when we say gossip? So there's a lot of different definitions out there. Um, so one definition of gossip might be sharing information, real or imagined. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be accurate without permission. Yes. And we're going to give some context, discuss like very briefly, um, which you might be surprised, but the history of gossip is actually very rich. And so we're going to briefly discuss some of that historical context and just like what gossip looks like more modern day and in the clips that we're sharing. I think it's interesting the aspect of without permission. A lot of times, like I think we can see that like without knowledge too, but really at the base of it, gossip is a form of communication. Yeah. I think that's a super important point. And even when we think about current day when we hear about like people gossiping or like have you heard this latest latest gossip or like spilling the tea like whatever <laughs> phrase you want to use um it has this kind of specific connotation nowadays um and so i appreciate that dr sam mentioned like giving some historical context as opposed to just thinking about like how we think about gossip now is just um you know spreading rumors or like saying nasty things about people and and doing it behind closed doors and doing it to like hurt other people there's definitely elements of that that we will see in the clips for today um but that's not all that gossip is and i appreciate dr sam mentioning that it is at its core or just a form of communication. Yes, and you brought up an important point, Dr. Fran, about rumors. So I think rumors do differ a little bit, you know, from just gossip in its truer form, and that rumors are usually pieces of information or stories um, that are being shared that have not been verified. And so, you know, gossip is different in that way that when people get together and gossip, um, the information that they're sharing 
can be true of their experiences, can be more factual, whereas most of the time we see rumors are a little more strategic and are not verified information. And when researchers discuss gossip, most researchers are in agreement that the term can really apply and have both positive and negative aspects and effects. So really depending on the point of view and kind of the context of gossip, you know, it is not always negative or always positive. There can really be both of those. And also like when we take this pretty broad definition when we're talking about gossip, um, that actually categorizes a lot of what human interaction and human communication is. So like research shows (laughs) that like almost 65% of us speaking and communicating with each other is go- is considered gossip in this like broad category um and that's regardless of age or gender so it's not like we're seeing that like there's a much higher percentage for certain age groups or certain genders um but that like across the board people engage in what we call gossip quite frequently when they're communicating with each other and i think that figure makes a lot of sense when you put it into the context of like what we might define actually as gossip right so 65% of our communication is a lot but it makes sense because There are three elements, really, for information um, to be labeled as gossip or for communication to be labeled as gossip. And one of those is that it must be personal in nature. So there's some, like, you know, sense of intimacy being shared. There are, like, personal aspects um, or information that is being shared with people with common interests or people in that inner circle, your close friends, your family, your coworkers whoever it may be. And oftentimes, the second element is that gossip is usually about an absent third person um, and kind of has this veil of secrecy about it, making it imperative that, you know, there is this kind of other targeted person or this third person that's not there um, that's being talked about. And there are two people that are talking about them and this third person can't really like deny or confirm it. Right. So, you know, and this isn't always malicious. Dr. Fran and I might talk about like a coworker. We might be saying really positive things or just sharing something we saw or heard. We observed. Right. But we're still talking about another person that's not there. And that's another important aspect of a lot of gossip. And so the third um, element of what we're categorizing as gossip is that it must be conveyed in an evaluative manner. So there's a piece of the discussion that has to do with evaluating. Um, But like Dr. Sam mentioned, this could be like, oh, did you see so-and-so got married? What a beautiful wedding. She looked so pretty, right? Like that is this very like nice, positive, like seems very benign. That would still count in the category of gossip because it's personal. It is about a third person who maybe is not present and it has an evaluative nature to it. Yes. And so when we really think about those three elements, I think we can see why so much of our communication with others can really be encompassed under that umbrella of gossip. I think interestingly, too, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this after we play our first clip, but historically, gossip has changed throughout the time. You know, people would get together, they would gather, they would share information, talk about things. But there is also a longstanding connection between gender and gossip. And so most often, the communication between women has been stigmatized as gossip. I think that's a good segue, and I think this plays really nicely into our first clip. So we are going to be sharing a clip from Bridgerton. And I think if you, you know, have Netflix, talk to others, get on the internet, you know, you know about the show Bridgerton. (laughs) Um, So it's in its second season. And for those of you that have not watched Bridgerton, it is a historical fiction drama that takes place in the Regency era. Um, And it is about a group of people in high society in the time that receive a, I guess they call it like a scandal paper um, from Lady Whistledown, who often spreads the, you know, neighborhood and kind of town gossip. So for this clip 
from Bridgerton in particular, um, what's happening here is that the Bridgertons are concerned about one of Daphne's prospects to get engaged to and his background and history. And they're trying to figure out a way to potentially end his pursuits of Daphne. And so they are intrigued by the idea of potentially using Lady Whistledown or this um, scandal paper that Sam alluded to to potentially see if they can change the course of his like pursuit of Daphne. So let's give a listen and see how their plan pans out. What have you found? What is going on? Well, you could not think I would ask that woman for tea without a thought for you, could you? The help here is everything, as we all know. She has heard a good deal, in fact. Lord Birdbrook has a boy by one of his maids that he refused to provide for. Sent the maiden child away to live off scraps. Horrible man. Horrible enough for us to be rid of him, let us pray. He, he will only deny it. And who will believe a group of women over a man's word? Perhaps no one. But they will if Lady Whistledown does. So we shall do what women do. We shall talk. And the only reason he married her is because his parents squandered their accounts on some scheme in America. Oh, mon Dieu. Is it not the most lurid story of the season? Perhaps not the most lovely. Well, every baron has a bastard. The bastard who sent away before the miss even popped? You don't say. I won't tell Jenny and Mary. It has come to this author's attention that the town is abuzz with a most sordid tale. It is said one cannot judge a book by its cover, but in the case of the bumbling Baron Burbrook, it seems his displeasing appearance is quite an apt metaphor for the state of affairs in his household. I would not be surprised if Lord Burbrook were called away to the country on alleged business. Business which perhaps might involve sending some much overdue funds to one former maid and young boy who we can only hope takes after his mother. I've heard talk that Burbrook has left town. I'm given to think this solution to our problem did not come about by chance. I am resolved to handle matters differently in the future. Or perhaps not at all. So as we hear there, um, Daphne and her mother essentially concoct a plan to spread this true rumor. Well, I guess it's not a rumor because it's true, right? Yeah. Spread this information that they've heard from the house staff that Nigel Burbrook, who is this person that they are not really wanting Daphne to marry, um, who has been very heavily pursuing her and kind of manipulating her into being engaged to him yes. um, and being very persistent. So they want to end that and they hear this information about him and they're like, let's spread this information kind of in a gossip way so that it gets to Lady Whistledown so that she reports it and then they have no choice but to end the engagement because this like sordid history or this sordid tale as the Lady Whistledown says comes out um, and he has no choice but to leave for the countryside. 
And I feel like while the nature of the show Bridgerton really revolves around gossip a lot, right? that's one of the core themes of the show, I feel like this clip really encompasses a lot of the aspects that we've been describing about gossip. So, you know, I mentioned that historically, people would host like these types of friendship meetings or salons or parlors to talk and chat about whatever, you know, happens like in their lives with their marriage, their works, political issues, you know, just kind of everything that was going on with them. Um, and this was really kind of the start of gossip, like these kind of gatherings to talk about things. Over time, it became something that mostly was associated with something that women did without, you know, caring about the public eye or not being in the public eye when they were having these conversations. Um, and as time progressed, we mentioned that gossip has a strong association with gender and in particular with women. Um, and historically, when women would have some sort of information like we see in this clip of Bridgerton, or maybe they were, you know, trying to warn other women to protect them from potential sexual abuse or other violence, they would spread information in this way. And that has, you know, been stigmatized as gossip in the public sphere. Um, and really, the women would use this kind of as a warning. So I thought that this was really interesting because they are using this same skill, this same, you know, communication style to protect Daphne and Daphne astutely even says like well who's going to believe us because we're you know at in the time period for the show um we're just women and they're not going to believe us over the man um and so they take to spreading this information to gossiping um and their plan works you know he kind of <laughs> runs away and she no longer has to marry him <laughs> yeah and I think there's a lot of instances of this in season one and season two and I won't give yes. too many specific details just for those who haven't seen it yet, but once we learn who Lady Whistledown is, it's understandable yeah. how she uses her power, in a sense, to make sure people know certain secrets or certain things that people have been keeping from others so that she can protect the ones that she cares about or um, make sure that like things are out in the open that she believes are secrets that shouldn't be kept from everyone. Um, so in this situation, we actually see like Daphne and um, her mother using this to their advantage of like sharing this information so that it gets picked up by Lady Whistledown and um, gets shared with everyone. I mean, that's kind of similar to what Daphne and the Duke do as well of like, how can we yes. manipulate the person sharing the scandal information um, and in the public eye, how do we want ourselves to be presented and how do we want to be seen by others and how can we use this gossip to basically kind of better our standing and our perception from others? Yes, I think in the show and the way they paint like the Regency era, you know, they are all members of quote unquote high society. There's very strict expectations and almost rules of how they're supposed to engage and kind of carry on and and present themselves. And so I think what you're mentioning, Dr. Fran, is right on, right? They're all kind of wielding their power. And like, you know, it's like that quote, like information is power. They're all kind of wielding their information and kind of putting out the different messages that they want to be picked up on. And so I think it's very clever here how the Bridgertons use that network of, of you know, spreading information to their advantage because they know like, well, once Lady Whistledown has got it, everyone's going to read it. Everyone's going to believe it. It's going to spread. It's going to impact, you know, the Baron, Nigel. Um, and I thought that that was really cool. And you're right. It happens again and again. And no spoilers, but in season two, Two, we further see Lady Whistledown kind of wielding her power, share like you know choosing when and what information to share in a very strategic manner. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit a lot of the kind of um, the positive aspects that gossip can bring for folks. So um, obviously thinking about like the historical context of how this was a way to like warn others or like share information. But I think even at its basic level, we see that gossip can help develop bonds between others, right? So that individuals yes. like sharing information and talking that they kind of build a relationship with that person that they're sharing information with. Um, it's a way for people to potentially learn about their social environment. So not every society has a lay to whistle down or like a scandal paper um, <laughs> where you can kind of get all the, you know, juicy information on what's going on in your town. But in the absence of that, gossip can be a way of learning about, you know, what are some like taboo topics or what are some like what are some of the context of relationships that people have so that you don't have a misstep or, you know, kind of just giving more information on the environment that you're in. And I think another important piece of Lady Whistledown that we've kind of alluded to but haven't stated it explicitly is that mm. she is anonymous. Um, so yes. we as the viewer eventually find out who she is. Um, but throughout the, the most majority of the show, you don't know who Lady Whistledown is. The other characters don't know who she is. Um, and so there's, I think, an extra element on that that adds like this piece of power of like being able to you know, quote, hide behind her name. And like, she doesn't have to face any necessarily consequences throughout the majority of the show for, you know, writing these things. Or, you know, I assume if she gets revealed, then that would be a problem for her. But, you know, as long as she and remains anonymous, she can kind of say whatever she wants without much uh, consequence. And without accountability, you know, very different from like journalism of present day or as journalism, yeah. you know, is supposed to be. You usually have to check your sources and you have to like, we have to know who you are, where you're getting information from so we can determine whether or not it's credible. Nobody knows who she is, where she's getting her information from, but they all like take it and run with it. Like they take it as being credible, even though they can't really like confirm that right. in any way, which I think is interesting. Um, also, apparently for the time, a lot of com columnists and writers um, who were also anonymous wouldn't typically reveal who they were talking about or wouldn't call people out. Um, Lady Whistledown, however, she is anonymous, just as they were, but she is really giving full names, mm -hmm. you know, giving full details, full stories. Um, so I think that that adds an interesting element as well. Um, and I think we'll all have to wait and see, you know, what happens with the identity of Whistledown and the continued gossip in the ton. We will see. I assume they're planning to make a season three, so maybe oh, yes. we'll circle back. <laughs> Season three and four have already gotten the green light. Oh wow! So, so we'll, we'll have to we'll have to keep you all updated. <laughs> so I think, especially thinking about like this anonymity piece um, of anonymous of the reporter of the gossiper, but um, not being anonymous of who they're talking about, is a nice transition potentially into our other show and clip for today, which is from the show Gossip Girl. And we are pulling a clip from season one of the original Gossip Girl, which aired in 2007. We know that there's also the, like, updated remake. And for those of you who don't know, Gossip Girl is about a show of wealthy high school kids that live in New York. Um, and they similarly have their own kind of lady whistle down. Um, but in the modern age, she doesn't print a scandal page. She sends text messages and has, like, a website um, and spreads information and gossip that she hears from and about her peers. So let's listen a little bit to learn more about Gossip Girl. Good morning, Upper East Siders. Gossip Girl here, your one and only source into the scandalous lives of Manhattan's elite. 
top story on my homepage? Serena Vanderwoodson, everybody's favorite it girl, has just returned from a mysterious absence. You'll never believe us on Gossip Girl. Someone saw Serena getting off a train at Grand Central. Everyone knows Serena, and everyone is talking. Blair, it's Serena. Serena. And B's boyfriend Nate. Rumor has it. He's always had a thing for Serena. But you're back now. I didn't come back for you. Look, Blair's my best friend, and you're her boyfriend, and she loves you. Why did she leave? Why did she return? Must be a lot of rumors while you're back. Yeah. But none of them mention you. He tries to take his own life, and you're worried it's going to cost you mom and You have no idea what it's been like. Best friend and the boyfriend. It's pretty classy, yes. And Nate's friend Chuck won't let Serena forget about her past. I'm trying to change. We're all just dying to see what happens next. So that clip is actually a recap for one of the early episodes in season one. And we chose it because we think it's a nice introduction of Gossip Girl herself, um, identifying kind of like her role and kind of just spilling a lot of gossip and rumors um, about just like all of her high school peers. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, one difference that I noticed between Bridgerton and Lady Whistledown and Gossip Girl is that it's a much smaller group of people, at least True. at the beginning, that are being gossiped about. And so it's like mainly Serena and Blair that are being talked about. And then sometimes there's like peripheral information about like, you know, this new guy, Dan, or his sister, Jenny, like Chuck, like there's all these characters that are kind of side mentioned, but like, at least see, like early on in Gossip Girl, it's like really focused on Serena and Blair and their relationship and any, you know, feud or fights or conflict they might have. Um, and their kind of like personal lives as well versus Lady Whistledown like does obviously focus on specific people, but she's talking about everyone in a town, not like this very small niche click of like Upper East Side high schoolers. Very true. I also think that Gossip Girl deals a little bit more in rumors, too. So, you know, Lady Whistledown, she'll sometimes make speculation, um, but she'll kind of call it out as being speculative. And oftentimes she's more reporting on things that, like, she has seen or heard. I feel like Gossip Girl will utilize information that is shared, whether or not, like, it's accurate Mm -hmm. or has been seen or reported. Sometimes it is, you know, confirmed, and sometimes it is actually true. But I feel like some things that Gossip Girl spreads are just rumors, speculation that then kind of get picked up and then kind of lead to other situations as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even, again, there's similarities here, but I think even more so in Gossip Girl, like Serena and Blair are partially the focus because they're almost seen as like celebrities within this community. Mm. Um, And so they're really focused on because they are like referred to as like the queen of like this community or like the it girl, right? Like there are these people that not only Gossip Girl, but also probably everyone who's reading Gossip Girl, like are invested in their lives, like almost like we might read celebrity blogs or like celebrity gossip Mm -hmm. or things like that. Influencers before there were influencers. (laughs) I think that's interesting as a parallel, though, to Bridgerton, because Bridgerton is very much about hierarchical class society. So there literally is a queen. And then you have the Viscounts and Viscountess, right? And like Lady and Barons. And so, and we see that every year, this wasn't necessarily in our clip, but every year the queen names her diamond, Mm -hmm. right? Which is kind of like the celebrity of the season and Lady Whistledown often will focus on them. And I think that's what we see in Gossip Girl often focusing on Serena and Blair, at least initially. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I was going to say just another similarity, really, is that Gossip Girl, though, just like Lady Whistledown, we see that she is collecting information, you know, from peers, whomever, and then she's also sharing and spreading it. In the same way Lady Whistledown is kind of collecting and sharing information, um, we see in Gossip Girl just a much more modern um, take on a similar type of story. Yeah, and... I mean, I think both of them have to do with scandal, but I, I don't know if it's that mm-hmm. there's fewer people that are being focused on, or maybe the scandals are just very different because we're talking about, like, the 1800s versus the early 2000s. <laughs> um, but some of the gossip that's shared in Gossip Girl is, like, pretty personal stuff. So, um, you know, about, like, people's sex lives or people's, um, like, alcohol or drug histories or, um, you know, conflicts with significant others or, you know, infidelity. So there's, like, these pretty, like, high-stakes secrets or scandals or rumors that are being shared in Gossip Girl that have, like, pretty big impacts on the characters. Which I think you brought up a good point in the beginning of that statement. It's true. It's different because the time is different, right? Because if you think about it, um, in our first clip, we heard about the Baron, Nigel, having like, you know, he has a child out of wedlock that he abandoned and like sent away, which at that time, that is quite the scandal, right? The men and women can't even be alone together unchaperoned (laughs) in this time period. So to have had a child with someone below, quote unquote, his like social class, and then like sent them away, like that is quite the scandal, right? Um, And there are other things that are very scandalous. But for the time, I think comparatively, they seem um, less severe than what we see in Gossip Girl, because that has evolved also with the time. Absolutely. And this is just like a qualm I have with all teenage high school dramas of just like the <laughs> level of things that they're getting into. At the, And of course, there's like a range of and diverse like, you know, experiences that people have at this time and stage in life. But I just feel like it reminds me of like other shows like The O.C. or One Tree Hill where like you look back and you're like, who was doing these things when they were in high school? Oh, yeah. Pretty Little Liars, yes. Euphoria. <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of these shows that it actually attracts an older audience and it actually is kind of like, whoa, is that typical? Like you said, everyone has different experiences, but is that the typical like adolescent experience? Oftentimes I think like it's almost even like a little bit odd. Like I don't really uh, enjoy or want to be like enthralled by like teenagers, like doing drugs and other like explicit activities that teenagers shouldn't do it's like just make them like college students or a little bit older it would seem more realistic (laughs) so i think that just even thinking about like teenage and um not that this can't happen at any age but i think it's particularly talked about in like the middle high school era is bullying um and i think especially in the clip from gossip girl but i think we definitely see this in bridgerton as well is where we you know, cross that line from gossip into bullying. Um, And we Mm -hmm. define bullying as a form of aggressive behavior in which someone's intentionally and repeatedly causing harm or discomfort to someone else. Um, And this doesn't have to be physical contact, but it can be, but it also can be words or something more subtle. Um, And so I think absolutely we see some times where the gossip being shared on Gossip Girl, um, the blog, or in Lady Whistledown could kind of toe this line between gossip and then moving into bullying or like cyberbullying specifically. Definitely. And we mentioned in the beginning that gossip can have like negative and or positive um, aspects, consequences. I think we 
do see that there can be bullying associated with gossip and with rumors, as we were discussing in Gossip Girl. Um, specifically in Gossip Girl, we see cyberbullying, right? So this is happening like via text and on the internet. Um, and cyberbullying is defined as the willful and repeated harm that's inflicted through the use of computers and cell phones or other electronic devices. I think that's definitely an issue that is touched upon in, and that we see in Gossip Girl, like you mentioned, just the nature and the personal nature and the impact that these things that are being shared have on the characters um, definitely can be cyberbullying at times. Yeah, and there's been some interesting discussions of, like, how cyberbullying might be unique from, like, in-person bullying. Um, mm-hmm. And I think some of this is unique to the, like, cyber aspect of it, but some of it's also, I think, could be related to um, kind of, like, having that in-print version like we see in um, in Bridgerton. But the idea is that cyberbullying can sometimes be more threatening because – there's the anonymity piece of it versus if like someone says yeah. something mean to you in the hallway, you know who did it, right? So we've got that parallel between Bridgerton and Gossip Girl. Um, another piece is that it can happen um, around the clock or it can be like kind of constant. Mm-hmm. So imagine a kid goes home from school and then they're getting, you know, messaged on some social media platform or getting texts over and over again, as opposed to, you know, more traditional bullying that happens just in the classroom they leave and they go home and they're removed from that situation. But with the advances in technology and, and kids having access to that all the time, there's less of a reprieve potentially from that. And I would argue with Lady, Lady Whistledown as well, you know, it's not confined to one time, right? That they're like getting this information mm-hmm. at any time, as we see that like they get interrupted at big events sometimes at any moment, yep. mm-hmm. this you know, publication could come out and then it's in print. It's there. It's not like you hear it one time in the hallway and you never get to think about it again. It's like you have it in print, permanent, uh, written down somewhere. So if you're the topic of conversation in that like issue, it's hard to escape. Very true. And I think both aspects, as you were mentioning, make it difficult to protect those from the cyberbullying and from that gossip and those rumors. We definitely see that in both of these shows as well. Um, there are the implications that you mentioned, Dr. Fran, and Gossip Girl of how it impacts people's lives and their like relationships. And we see in Bridgerton, similarly, that what is printed and what is said about people Um, by Lady Whistledown leads to people being ostracized or snubbed, impacts their lives and their families in a pretty um, serious manner as well. Um, So, you know, I think when we see the gossip piece, when it is kind of starting to cross the line, becoming more aggressive and intentionally causing that harm, we see that both in Gossip Girl and Bridgerton, like through the use of gossip. It definitely, you know, there are instances of bullying as well. I think we've talked a lot and kind of compared and contrasted Bridgerton and Gossip Girl. Like we mentioned, Gossip Girl is almost like a modern day. um, Well, it's funny because Gossip Girl is modern day, but Bridgerton is actually a more modern show. But I mean, (laughs) Gossip Girl uses a more modern approach with like the cell phone and the Internet, whereas Bridgerton is more of like a historical drama. Um, So we've kind of been discussing ways that they're similar and different and kind of overall like how gossip plays into both of the clips that we talked about today. I think some of the biggest similarities we've discussed would be the first one is that in both of these instances, gossip is being collected and shared in a very anonymous manner. So we don't know who Lady Whistledown is and we don't know who Gossip Girl is. And that has really interesting implications for you know, like the way this information spreads and the way that it is received by others. Absolutely. And I think similarly to that, the content or the people being discussed in both Bridgerton and Gossip Girl are these members of high society, the people that are almost in the celebrity status of like, 
who are we talking about? Who we want to know about like the people with higher quote status in this society. We want to know who they're seeing or who they're dating. Who are they friends with? What are they wearing? Um, all these different pieces. Um, and I think there's some parallels to like modern day, um, like again, like we mentioned, like celebrity gossip columns or tabloids or things like that. Very true. And I think kind of what plays into that is that the in both of these, though the the gossiper is anonymous, they are explicitly naming people, right? So like calling out people, identifying people, talking about very specific scenarios, um, and at times spreading factual and potentially not factual information about those people as well. Um, I think that kind of leads to the overall goal of both Lady Whistledown and Gossip Girl is really to kind of wield their power, collect this information, share this information for their own like influence and potential like manipulation, kind of like really to get at whatever their end goals are, which honestly, at least in, at the time of both of these clips, we don't really know what their end goals are, what their real intent is, because we don't know who they are. So mm-hmm. that kind of leads to like the intrigue, I think. Yeah. And I think what also adds to the intrigue is the content of both of these is scandals and secrets. Um, I mean, there's a whole other yes. show called <laughs> Scandal, right? Like there's something about society <laughs> that is intrigued by secrets and scandal and, you know, what's going on. And I think that's like obviously a huge thing that connects these two characters is sharing those of people in the town. Oh my gosh, Dr. Fran, it's so funny that you say that because when we were, you know, looking for clips and researching for this session, I went down like a rabbit hole, like watching clips of the Bridgerton cast. And in one of the videos, they actually asked the Bridgerton cast, like, who do you think would be the most likely, like, who loves scandals? Who loves gossip the most? And they all identified the actress that plays Penelope Featherington. Um, and they all picked her. And then it like pans to her. And she goes, I'm going to choose to take offense. But it is true. She's like, I love a scandal. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that that was really funny. And you even mentioned, you know, that's part of what leads to this intrigue is like, there is something about scandal uh, that draws people. Um, maybe we'll have to take a deeper dive into that in another session. <laughs> Uh, and I think a good segue also on clips, we found a, a really fun clip that we wanted to share just a bit of, and we'll post the link for the full clip in our on our website. Um, but the cast actually of Bridgerton played a game where they were guessing whether the quote was from Lady Whistledown or from Gossip Girl. So a nice parallel to what we've been talking about. Yes, we're only going to play like one snippet of it. So definitely check out the full clip. It's funny. But let's give it a listen. See if you can correctly identify it. And let's see how the actors fare. Hello, my name is Claudia Jesse. Hello, my name is Johnny Bailey. Hello, I'm Nicola Cochran. <laughs> I'm Phoebe Deneva. And my name is Reggae John Page. And we are here today with Pop Sugar to play Who Said It? Gossip Girl or Lady Whistledown. In life, as in art, some endings are bittersweet especially when it comes to love. Sometimes fate throws two lovers together only to rip them apart. Was there a bit there where you thought I wasn't going to ever end? Because <laughs> there was a bit there. <laughs> and I also thought, hang on, is this one of your own poems? <laughs> is this a poem you just wanted the world to hear? It has to be Lady Whistledown. Um, I think it's Whistledown. I recognise it, yeah. I think that almost, yeah. that, is that one of the final things she says? I think so. I think it's guys. It's the first one we've got wrong. It's Gossip Girl. Oh, Gossip Girl. No. Yep. <laughs> I curveballed you. You said that you had, you couldn't not do the the accent on the other one. So I was like, what if I do my best Julie Andrews impression? Oh my God. Throw her right off the game. She never saw it coming. Wow. Do you know what? I I had an easy head start because I thought this was going to be obvious, and it clearly isn't. Sometimes a queen has to make a choice. A castle with a white knight or a quest with a dark prince? Ooh. 
That's Gossip Girl, isn't it? I don't recognise it. Yeah, nor do I. I. Yeah. And also, I think that's a curveball because of the old Queenie, Queenie Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. I reckon, should we go GG? Yeah, I think so. Again, that was Gigi Hadid. Gossip Girl. Well, I think that is it for our real round. We were excited to talk about these two very popular shows um, and would love to cover them again in maybe a real round or a second opinion or a booster session or some kind of other session as there are so many other themes. I mean, I watched, I recently watched the first few episodes of Gossip Girl and was like, there is a lot to unpack here. So maybe we will uh, put one or both of these shows back on the couch again in the future. And I just finished the second season of Bridgerton, and there are definitely some good things that could come from it, family dynamics. And who knows, season three and season four might even open up other interesting topics. So I feel like we might um, hear from these yet again in the future. Also, please, as we're finishing up, check out our social media for our monthly Freudian Scripter Spotlight. Don't forget to leave reviews, and you can always get a sticker if you do leave us a review. Check out our website for any resources or glossary of terms for previous episodes. We'll also post the clips from today's episode on there for you to access. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Bridgerton and Gossip Girl and other themes you might want to hear us cover on those shows or on other TV shows and movies for the future. Time's up. See you next session. We'd like to thank our producer, Brandon, creative director, Eric, and webmaster, Don. Dear Rita. <laughs> Dear Rita. <laughs> <laughs> XOXO, Gossip Girl. <laughs>